last. We thank God we are free at last. And actually, tomorrow we celebrate the birthday of Martin Luther King. And he had a dream. He had a vision. And, and as we talked about last week, as we started our, our series, Revision, we looked at vision. We looked at what God is calling us to do. And just like Martin Luther King had a vision of a world that would be different, each one of us should have that same vision of a world that can be different, a world where Jesus is proclaimed off of every lip. And, and each one of us knows someone who doesn't know Jesus. But we have to be the ones who be used by God to set that vision out. So sometimes we need a revision. We need to revise what we're doing in our own lives and, and look to the future with that hope. That hope that can only come through Jesus and make a difference in where you're at. Make a difference in your world. Make a difference in, in your community. Every place you go, we should make a difference. You know, last week, like I said, we, we talked about vision. And this week I want to really look at and remind us of what we're called to or maybe what, we're, what we are or who we are. And us as a church, FBC Lantana, our job is to influence the community. Our job as, as Christians and as the church of Jesus Christ is to make an impact in the world. We need to impact not only the people sitting in the pews next to us, but we need to impact the people who are sitting on a bus next to us, sitting next to us in an office, sitting next door to us in our house, wherever it is. We need to be able to affect change in their lives. And, and you know, as you look at God's Word and, and you go into Matthew, Jesus is very specific. One of the things that each one of us is to do is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have taught you. And, and we do that as a church when we come in here on Sunday because we dig in and we look at God's Word. We do teachings off based on what God's Word says. So we're teaching what Jesus taught His disciples. We also do that through our Bible studies and our life groups during the week and, and when we dig a little deeper into what God's Word has to say. And, and second, I guess, kind of what we as a church look at, you know, it, it says out there on the sign, FBC Lantana, learn, live, and love. And see, we should strive to be the kind of church that you see in the book of Acts, not the kind of church you see in the world today. We, we should be different than the world. We, we shouldn't be bringing all the secularism into the world, uh, into the church, but we should be bringing the church into the world. And, and we should be making a difference in everything that we do. And, and you know, as, as we strive to be that church in the Bible you know, we, we learn about Jesus through relevant teaching and through worship. And, and that's how we learn about Jesus. Well, then we have to live that life. We have to live a life of compassion. We have to live a life of, of actually doing what God's Word tells us to do, 
being the hands and feet of Jesus through, through friendships and through prayer and through compassionate care of others. And, and we show that compassionate care to others by loving the way Jesus loved. Because Jesus' love was different than all of ours. We may say, hey, we got the love of Christ in us. And yes, we have it in us, but how many times do we actually let it come back out of us? And let it someone else see the love of Christ that's in us in their own lives. So, so and, and as a church, you know, different ways that we do this as an impact in the community is we do it through different things. We, you know, school supplies that we collect school supplies, give it to Lantana Elementary through our food drive that we're doing to help our brown box to help people who are in need. Um, through our toy drive that we did in Christmas to help uh, kids in Lantana and kids over at the orphanage. Through our clothes closet, through grief share. All of these are different ways that we can help to impact the community around us. So them are things that we do as a church, but then individually. One thing I always talk about is be the change you want to see. So how do you show love where you're at? And that's as that individual, how we're able to actually love our neighbors. Actually love your neighbors. Pray for your enemies. Be who Jesus called you to be and, and do it on a regular basis. And guess what? It's not easy. It's hard to do what Jesus calls us to do. But if we're going to be the church that Jesus called us to be, these are the things we need to do. And I think in today's world, this world needs the peace and love that comes from Jesus that can come from each one of us. And the way the world's going, man, it's definitely opening up some doors to have those conversations, isn't it? You know, it was just a couple weeks ago, the entire nation was praying. And on national TV, you saw a group of football players who took knees for other reasons take a knee for Jesus. And the entire world, all you kept seeing was pray, 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 pray. That's what we need to do. We need to be like that all the time. Be the difference in the world. Be the difference. Pray for people. Don't just say, oh, I'll pray for you. When you say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, Stop them right there, grab their hands, and pray for them. Be the change you want to see in the world. And that's something that each of us are called to do. Because ultimately, as a church and as individuals, we're all called to influence the world. Every one of us has influence. Every one of us has the ability to influence the world, whether good or bad. So today we're going to look at that. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be in uh, Matthew 5.13. So whether you're here in the room or join us for church online, uh, open up your Bible or it'll be on the screen. But let's dig into what God's Word has to say about each of us. So Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So, Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, and Lord, we see that you call us salt. 
Lord, may we understand what that means in our lives. Lord, open up our ears to hear. Open our eyes to see what it is you want us to see, what it is you want us to hear. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so in this, this is part of the Beatitudes. And it's near the end of the Beatitudes in the book of Matthew. And, and, and when you read the Beatitudes, it kind of tells us what we as Christians should do. It, it, it has so many great little nuggets in it of, of things that we should do compared to what the world does. And, and I find it interesting that as you read God's word, we're given many different names as Christ followers. You know, we're called Christians. We're called sheep. We're called little ones. We're called children of God. So we have all these different names. And here Jesus calls us salt. And I got thinking, really, salt? Now, now we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night about what salt is and what salt does. Um, But I think it's interesting that he called us salt. And, And... I think it's a reminder to us that we have an opportunity or a responsibility to be an influence in this world by by being salt. Um, You think about it as as salt. In in biblical times, salt was used very differently than it is today. And and as Christ followers, and what I want to do is look at kind of some of the characteristics of salt and compare them to the characteristics that we should have as Christ's followers. For him to call us salt, there's a reason he calls us salt. And we're living in this world that we need to be the light of Jesus around us. So let's dig in and see what salt is compared with us. And I think like salt, each of us has value. Each one of us has value in his life and and. Like I said, back, back in the day, salt was used very differently than it is today. In biblical times, salt was such a commodity, it was actually used to pay people. You could get paid by, with salt instead of silver or gold or money. They would actually provide salt as payment. Many of the Roman soldiers in Jesus' day actually got paid with salt. And actually, our word salary comes from the Latin term salarium, which actually referred to the payments of salt to the soldiers in Jesus' time. And some, you know, we still use it today. We, we still kind of say someone is either worth or not worth their salt. And, and you know, unfortunately, we, we all know people who aren't worth their salt. They're, they're not worth the price or the value of what salt is. And but salt has value, so therefore we have value in everything that we do. Salt was used to not only preserve food. Um, you think about it back in biblical times, they didn't have refrigerators. They, they didn't have freezers. So salt was actually used as a preservative to help keep the food from going bad. <clears throat> so you, you get this whole different perspective of salt when it's more than just a preservative, but actually used monetarily. They could trade and buy things with salt. And even when you go back to the book of Job, it says, is bland food eaten without salt? And we talked about this on Wednesday night. We were talking about what are some foods that when you eat it just have to have salt? And one of mine is, and I know Ms. Robin's going to love this one, corn on the cob. 
you get corn on the cob and it's just got all that butter on it. It's got to have salt on it. And it's just, you know, like dripping down. It gets all of my goatee. But it's got to have salt on it. And, and there's certain things, I'm sorry, but boiled chicken needs to have some kind of spice. It needs to have salt. It needs to have something on it. And, and each one of us know, hey, you know what? It, unfortunately, in today's world, all of our food has enough salt in it already. But we still got to add more, which really don't help our blood pressure any. But that's okay. It's about the taste. It, it's about the flavor that salt brings into everything because we don't want to have this bad food. So, so salt has value. And because salt has value, Jesus is calling you salt of the earth. So what does that mean? It means you have value. You have value in the kingdom of heaven. You have value in the kingdom that God calls for you. You have value on this earth in the sight of God. We need to remember we have value. The second thing, you know, like I said, salt acts as a preservative. It preserves food. It's, it's important for survival. I remember, you know, growing up and being told about salt boxes that they used to use back in the day. And basically what it was was a layer of salt and then meat, then a layer of salt, meat, so on and so forth. And it's how they preserve food because bacteria doesn't like salt because salt removes all the moisture or the water that the bacteria feed on. And, you know, one of my favorite shows is Life Below Zero. And it's the modern-day Alaskans. And even today in Alaska, they will go out and they'll fish. And when they catch their fish and they, you know, fillet them all up, they actually have five-gallon buckets of salt. And they'll actually roll the fish inside the buckets and get salt on it, hang it on a fish rack with some heat to end up drying it and preserving the meat. So it's still used to this day as a preservative. Well, we as Christians, we also have that same ability to be a preservative. We, we, we can make a dramatic impact in the world. And, and when you look at Christianity, Christianity has made an impact in this world throughout uh, the entirety of it. Uh, one thing prior to Christianity, abandonment of children was big. Parents would literally just abandon their children. And, and then what happened is what they would do is they would abandon them or even leave their sick or hurt people on the road, and Christians would actually come and pick them up and to take care of them. So Christianity started to impact the world that way. Uh, almost every uh, college, the first colleges and universities, were all started by Christians with Christian values for Christian purposes. Even the Red Cross was founded by an evangelical Christian. So you look at you, you can look at orphanages. All these different things were generally started by Christians because they wanted to make a change in the world. They had an influence. They wanted to, to add value to people's lives and be a preservative for human life. So they came up with all these different things to actually help preserve life in, as we know it. And, and we've got all these positive benefits. You know, and ultimately, Christianity is like a moral antiseptic the decay that's in this world because as a christian our job is to help remove the decay in the world salt helped to remove the decay from meat it wouldn't allow it to decay and go bad well our jobs as christians in this world is pretty much the same thing we need to be that moral compass that people look at and stop the decay in the world because lord knows is anyone happy with the way the world is going 
Probably not. So how do we make a change? By speaking truth. By doing what God called us to be. By being salt and, and looking to preserve the world for what it should be, not the way it's going. So we're preservative. And the other thing I think we do is, as a Christian, we should promote thirst. People should get thirsty when they talk to us. And what I mean by thirsty is they should be thirsty for Jesus and the Word of God. Actually, the Apostle Paul, in, in his letter to Titus, actually makes this comment. In Titus 2.10, he, he tells the servants basically the way they should be, and he says, as you're talking to people, it should be so that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. Think about that. So that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. Is Christianity attractive? In today's society, is Christianity attractive? Nope. Why? Y'all are a bunch of hypocrites. Y'all are judgmental. Why y'all judging me? Y'all, you know, it's, it's so much bad. Why don't we make Christianity attractive? And understand this, as, as we want to make people thirst, any environment you go into, whether it's a social environment, whether it's a work environment, people should see you being different. And as people see the difference in you, they should actually start to thirst for what you have. Christianity should be appealing to people, not appalling. But unfortunately, we've made it appalling to too many people. Because we've made it appalling about, well, it's just about us, and, and we come inside this church, and, and it's just about us, and we don't care about anybody else. It becomes appalling. People don't want it. When we start to judge people for the way they look, for the way they walk, the way they talk, instead of loving people and letting Jesus sort it out, we'll judge somebody in a heartbeat. We'll point a finger and forget we got three pointing back at us. We'll judge someone on the same sin that we have in our life, but to try and be holier than thou. Because, you know, we're real quick to point out someone else's sin, and generally the sin that we point out in someone else is probably a sin that we're fighting with ourselves. And, and it's amazing how we can do that. And, and so instead of making Christianity attractive to people, we make people run from it. But we need to, we need to be that thirst, have them see us different, and, and have them want to have what we have. You know, where they get, man, I don't know what it is, but I want what you want, what you have. There is something about you that is different that they come up to you and man, Mike, man, what, how can you be that way? Because I got Jesus. This is what Jesus has done in my life. This is what he can do in your life. Make them want to thirst for the word of God and to have Jesus in their life. Don't be the opposite. So, so make them thirsty. Because ultimately, if we're on that other side and we're not making them thirst, as it says here, we can lose our usefulness. In verse 13, Jesus says, when salt loses flavor, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, I will say technically salt actually cannot lose its saltiness. Uh, sodium chloride is a very stable compound, so it really can't lose it. But when you're talking in the ancient times and biblical times, there's salt they used to gather from the Dead Sea. 
And when they would gather that salt from the Dead Sea, it had other impurities in it, or it had other uh, chemicals or um, materials inside of it. And salt is very soluble. So what would happen is as they would gather it, and, and then the moisture would hit it, the salt would actually move away, and you just have the other uh, materials that were there, the other impurities, and it would lose its saltiness. It lost its flavor. So at that point, they would take that and basically throw it out on the street because it was good for nothing. It, it lost its saltiness. It was no longer good. Um, and, and I think that's what happens with us as Christ followers. You see, either, either through our life we're, we're counting for the good and we're counting for God, or we're counting for bad and we're counting for evil. So, so what we do in our life is either go and point to God or point away from God. There's no, dip, there's no gray area. There's no middle road. It's either this way or this way. You know, we can try and say, oh, well, I'm living my life the way I want to live it. Well, are you living it on the good side or are you living it on the bad side? And some of us go back and forth all the time. You know, we have them good moments where we're really good and People are like, man, they're amazing followers of Jesus and they're doing what Jesus says. And then two minutes later, you're like, what happened? Because it's like, you know, all of a sudden that 180 degree turn, you're like, wow, I, I thought that person was a Christ follower. You mean they went from praising Jesus to cussing? Huh? Does that make sense? They went from praising Jesus to telling people on the road they're number one. And you all know what I mean by using the finger to say someone's number one. But we're so quick to do that in our lives. But, but yet, we, we need to understand, we need to stay focused and stay on track for what God calls us to do so that we don't use, uh, lose our usefulness. Everything we do, we should either affect, <clears throat> we have the ability to affect it positively or negatively. We need to focus on the positive. And it's so hard, especially in a workplace. You get inside a workplace and you're surrounded by negative people who don't follow Jesus and, and that negativity just crawls right up your spine. And next thing you know, you're acting just like the people at your work. You're talking just like them. You're acting, you're doing the things they're doing. And then you come in here on Sunday and you praise Jesus for an hour and 15 minutes and then you go right back into the world. How are you affecting the world? Are you losing your saltiness? Have you lost your flavor? Or are you impacting the world? Because unfortunately we can lose our saltiness. Now the good thing about that is we can, you know, we may lose our saltiness, but we'll never lose our salvation. But we need to always be looking to what Jesus can use us for. And last thing, like salt, we've got to have contact to have influence. Now you think about this, if salt sitting on a shelf and never put on the meat or whatever it needs does no good. Some of us are sitting on the shelf. Some of us are sitting on the shelf and, and not getting in the game of being used by God. And, and in order to be used by God, you've got to have that contact. So that means you have to actually contact people who don't know Jesus. And be an influence in their life. And be different than what the world is showing them. And, and, and add a little salt into their life. 
but it requires that contact. Now, it requires that contact where we act as that preservative, where we help to take the bacteria out of their life, not just sit on a shelf and say, hey, I'm here. We do no good if we have no contact in the world. That's why it says, go and make disciples. It tells us to go, not to just hang out and wait for them. Go requires that we have to do something, that we have to move. You know, and as I already mentioned, we are a preserving force in this world. But we, to be effective, we need to be rubbed into the meat. We need to be in the world, not of the world, to be able to impact what's going on inside the world. Whenever the church becomes a salt warehouse, we become ineffective. It's no good us just hanging out in here being salty among each other. The only way we're going to affect change is when we go outside these doors. And instead of storing salt inside a building, we need to put the salt out into the world. We need to be available to be there for people, to show them the love of Jesus, show them the change in the world, and do what he calls us to do. So I want you to understand. Understand what Jesus said compared to what Jesus didn't say. Jesus did not say you can be the salt of the earth. He didn't say you can be, nor did he say you should be. Jesus said you are. So if you are the salt of the earth, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with what God tells you to do? Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. You need to go out. You need to do this. What are you doing? Are you just sitting on a shelf, letting people eat bland food, living this bland lifestyle? that's unattractive to people? We are children of a king. The king of kings and the lord of lords is our father. He is our lord. He is our master. He is the one that we live our life for. Shouldn't it be an attractive life? Shouldn't it be attractive to where other people look and say, man, there's something different. I need to have what they have. We need to be the salt. He said, you are the salt. Literally, the Greek, it says, you and you alone are the salt of the earth. You and you alone are the salt. So if you and you alone are the salt, what are you doing with it? Are you making a difference in your own little neck of the woods, in your own little corner of this world? Are you being salt? Or are you just sitting on the fence? Just sitting in a counter, sitting in a cabinet, and they see salt, and oh, I got high blood pressure. I can't take that. I like my bland food over here. I can look around this room, and I don't think there's many people in this room that like bland food. Because let me tell you, barbecue ain't bland. Jerk chicken ain't bland. I know all the food from the islands ain't bland. You got some spice. Even at our men's breakfast yesterday, we had seven different bottles of hot sauce. Because we like spice. That's right. It's the way it should be. And it was numbered from two to like nine. And, and then one of them had no label on it at all. But when you smelt it, it cleared your sinuses. So you knew it had some spice to it. That's how we should be in the world. 
We should clear people's sinuses. We should clear the sin inside their life. We should make them not want it because we have so much salt, we have so much spice that we affect change wherever we go. We, we need to be that. And, and everyone in this room needs to understand that when we lose our saltiness, when we cease to function as salt in the world, we become good for nothing. Do you want to be a good for nothing Christian? Where you can just be trampled under people's feet? What about your testimony? You got this testimony and, and then sin comes into your life and, and you fall and because you've never really been salty, your testimony now stands for nothing. And, and instead of helping people come to know Jesus, you actually hinder people to come to know Jesus. Are you doing good or are you doing bad? Are you doing it for God or are you doing it for the world? There's a big difference in everything we do. We need to be focused and be the salt that God called us to be. We, we need to pray that we can continually be a vessel that God uses, that, that he will continue not only speak to us, but speak through us, and that we can affect change everywhere that we go. Because I believe everyone in here who's a child of God wants to be a salty Christian to the glory of God. We all want to be salty. We all want to be used by God. We want to see the kingdom grow. We got all these things we want to do, but then we sit behind a mean mug. We sit behind a, a lifestyle we shouldn't be living. We, we sit behind something, some type of lie or something going on in our life, and, and people see the real us, and they want nothing to do with Christianity because of us, because of the way we act, because of the way we talk, the way that we judge anything that we do to them people. How about loving the way Jesus loved? Be the salt of the earth this week as we go out. Because remember, as a church and as individuals, we're all called to influence this world. Every one of us is called to influence this world. And, and I really think uh, the Apostle Paul, when he talked about influence in, in 1 Corinthians, he realized that there's times he may stumble. And he actually said this in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. How many of us have disqualified ourselves because of the way we act? Because we don't hold ourselves accountable. And because of the lifestyle that we live or the words that come out of our mouth disqualify us to preach the gospel to anybody. Our words matter, our actions matter to everyone we come in contact with. And, and as I've said before, we may be the only Bible anyone ever reads. You may be the only true Christian someone ever sees. Is Christianity appealing to those around you when they look at your life? When they look at what you do? When they look at the way they, you act? Is it going to make people want to come to Jesus or go the other way? Are you being salt or are you being something else? We all need to be salt in everything that we do. We need to be about his business. We need to be about the kingdom business of purifying, preserving, penetrating, pleasing, and promoting and being testimonies to God for his glory 
in all that we do. So what if we actually did that? What if we as the church actually lived out these attributes that salt have in our life? What if we actually understood the value that we have and understand that we can preserve a better world? Understand that, that, that we can change someone's life? But the other thing we need to understand is that we can lose our saltiness. We lose our saltiness by not being engaged in God's word, not taking time in prayer, not taking time doing what he's called us to do. Make Christianity attractive. Make Christianity attractive so that people want what you have. It's not about a brand new car. It's not about a house. It's about a lifestyle. It's about loving people the way Jesus loved them. Not mean mugging people, not blowing people off. Taking time to have a conversation with everybody. Be salt and change the world. Be the salt that he called us to be. Add some flavor. Some of us need flavor in our life. Some of us are like bland food. Add some salt to your life. And, and, and maybe you're here and you're like, well, pastor, that's real good, but I don't know if Jesus called me salt because I don't know Jesus. I've never made him the Lord of my life, and, and I don't understand this whole, what are the Beatitudes, and, and, and how am I supposed to do all of this? Pastor, my life is messed up. Man, you talked about doing good and doing evil. I, I've been evil for as long as I can remember. Well, I want to let you know you're in good company. God's word says we're all, we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So if you're falling short, don't worry. The person in the pew next to you is falling short also. Guess what? I fall short every day. But yet God loved us enough that he sent his son to die on a cross for us. And God's word says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where it starts. That's where you start getting that little sprinkle of salt. And that's when God starts to change you from the inside out. Now, trust me, you're still going to fail. You're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to fall into some stuff you shouldn't be into. But we all do. The difference is how we react when we fall. Do we just woes me and just stay in the sludge that we fell into? Or do we look up, ask for forgiveness, and pick ourselves up and move forward? Because we're always going to fail. Failure is a part of life. We're going to fall short of what God called us to be. But the key is to keep going. Keep being salty. Keep doing what he called you to do. And he will change you from the inside out. And maybe you're here today and it's like, well, pastor, man, why are you getting in my business? I lost my saltiness back in 1935. I ain't been salty since the 70s and 80s. 
man, I don't think people really know me as a Christian. And pastor, there's people who know me as a Christian who haven't seen me act like a Christian. I haven't been a preservative. I haven't shown them value. I've been really judgy. I mean mug everyone. I don't talk to people I don't know. I guess I walk more on the evil side than the good side, but, but I accepted Jesus. So I'm good, right, Pastor? Are you doing what he called you to do? Are you making Christianity and your life attractive so someone else wants to know your Jesus? If not, guess what? You can start today. Today is a day. It's a new year, new me, new you. Hey, we're renewing everything. We're revisioning our life. Let's revision our life and renew our life to become salty. Be salty in everything you do. Live your life and shake a little salt on it every day. Add some seasoning to your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you for your word. We thank you that there's times, Lord, that we fail. But at the same time that we fail, we know we can come to you. Lord, forgive us where we failed you on, on not being the salt that you said we are. Lord, you literally said you are the salt. And, and Lord, so many times we've just taken that as, yeah, okay, we're salt. Yeah, uh-huh. Lord, help us to be salty. Help us to see people the way you see people. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. And Lord, that, that we can help to preserve this world and we can start in our own little nook of it. That as we start to be that salt in our little environment, that we can affect change and make, have people come to know you. Have people thirst for you, Lord. Let's make people thirsty. So, Lord, help us to do that. Help us to be used by you each and every day. That instead of walking a line that we just get on your side and we don't play the middle, and, Lord, that people will be attracted to us because of you in us. And that everything we do will glorify you. Make us salty, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to Go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. 
click on there and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.